small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to rise to the challenge. That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference to share advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on odyssey.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's still Thursday 19th. I know we're sneaking in a few extra episodes because we really think it's an interesting time to talk to folks who have navigated the pandemic and managing a small business at the same time. So today and tomorrow, we're going to drop a few extra episodes into the feed of some cool interviews that I've conducted. Today, we're talking to Brent Weiss. He is the chief evangelist at Facet Wealth. Here's our interview with Brent Weiss. So Brent, how long have you been a certified financial planner? Oh, geez. Well, it's all coming ahead. So uh, as as for being a CFP professional since 2007, I remember because I passed the exam and couldn't use the certification for a year, but I've been doing financial planning for coming up on 20 years now as evidenced by the fact I just had my 20 year college reunion. Oh, that's so awful. Um, I mean, I mean, that's wonderful for you. So (laughs) let's talk about what was it like to be a financial planner in 2007 before you had the same kind of technology? Just give a little uh, just a little day in the life of Brent 20 years ago when it came to giving financial advice. Well, so the interesting thing back in 2007, first of all, that was like the heyday of financial advice before 2008 kicked in. Right. And that was so we, I, I picked a really good time to start my career right before the Great Recession. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the funny thing about financial advice, and this is the thing that I've learned or learned in the first 10 years of my career, is that very little time is actually spent as a I'll say as a traditional wealth management firm or independent financial advisory firm owner. Because a lot of your time as a financial advisor or a business owner back in the day was spent actually trying to find new clients, managing your business, hiring people, retaining talent, and only about 15 or 20% of your time was actually spent with clients, which is was some, one of the problems I initially realized when I thought about, hmm, is there a better way to sort of create this model, build a new business strategy or business model that better serves the, the consumer? Technology is really the key that unlocks sort of greater efficiency. I'll say proficiency being better at giving financial advice working with more clients, lowering costs. But back in 2007, you know, there was a hodgepodge of, it's sort of like whack-a-mole, right? We, you, you had a problem in your business. You tried to go out and buy some individual solution from a technology perspective. The next thing you know, you have 15 different technology solutions plugged in. It's like a, it's like a rat's nest trying to figure out how it all works. Technology was not a leading sort of cause of business efficiency back in 2007. So when did Facet Wealth form? 2016, almost okay. 10 years from, from that period. In 2016, I'm just going to go, let's just do 2016 up to, say, the pandemic. What was the model that Facet Wealth used to give financial advice? So it wasn't, I mean, you still get an individual advisor assigned to you. If I, if I go to facetwealth.com, it's not a robo, right? That's correct. You're going to work with a dedicated CFP professional. Um, the, the difference is this. So you have to think about it in two different ways, right? I always say we're, we're a personal finance and financial technology organization. The, the way I describe it to a lot of people is we're sitting at the intersection of technology and humanity. There's a side that technology from a business model perspective, right? 2007, you didn't really have great technology, great systems, great data analytics, great good integrations of these systems. Well, the good news is that's changed. 
And so what we did is we said, okay, how can we deconstruct the financial advice model, decide, like pull out the pieces that people really want, the human element, really high quality advice, lower cost. And then how do you actually use technology to sort of transform the way you do business? That's everything from uh, building systems. I mean, our technology is proprietary. We don't have to go use 12 different systems. We have one that we build for our planners. We control the client experience. We control the the, the data, the analytics, the insight from all of that, that really drives the efficiency, lowers the cost. And I'll say better service, lower cost. Sounds like a win-win. Sign me up. Yeah, exactly. I want to talk a little bit about the technology aspect from two different perspectives. So let's talk about as the advisor, him or herself, right? So when I was an advisor, which is now well before you ever started, you know, I was sort of finishing my career in the 2000, and you know, nothing like going out at the bottom, you know, when I was 2009, I remember that it was very difficult to cull data and we needed data, right? Because when you're managing money, you really do need, you need data, you need planning software. So um, I'm wondering if you think about from the perspective of the advisor, how has technology enhanced the experience of being an advisor? So you made a really good point there, right? The, the industry has traditionally focused on one element of your financial life, which is investment management. Okay. That's just what the industry was doing for decades. You know, we looked at it differently and said, well, if you think about our target market, only 10% of their overall wealth is actually in their investable assets. The rest is in cash or, or you know, in the bank account, it's in businesses, it's in real estate. And we said, how do we actually get a more complete picture of our clients' entire financial lives? Guess how you have to do that? You have to collect the data. You have to store the data, which is why you have cloud services and data architecture. And then you have to be able to provide uh, insightful, I'll say, information or analytics to your planners. So we actually have a better sense of what your entire landscape looks like and how it all fits together. The investment management piece has been innovated on, I mean, a hundred times in the last 10 years. Very few people have actually innovated on the, I'll say, financial planning, looking at your entire financial life. So the ability to have that data, to be able to see it, to create insightful information from it so I can do a better job as a financial planner, so more proficient in my job, be more efficient, spend more time with my clients, allows me to work with more clients, lower cost, and actually deliver better advice for each and every one of my clients. But technology and data and the integration of those two is really the key to unlocking all of it. If you have great technology, you can focus more on your clients is really what you're telling me. It, it, yes, it's a part of it. I mean, that is, look, our business model couldn't exist without technology. That's the bottom line. Because if you think about the traditional model, there, there are plenty of financial advisors out there that charge a different way. And we won't get into all those models today unless you want to. But they charge a different way. They have a different operating model. They don't necessarily need to leverage technology the way that we do. When you think about what we're trying to build, which is a national financial planning and technology brand and business to service tens of millions of households, you can't do that in a traditional way. You have to leverage or build a strong foundation of technology, data analytics, business operations. Everything sort of filters into how do you build a scalable business model that improves quality, lowers cost, and creates greater access. Tell us a little bit about how you see this from the client's perspective. So, you know, it's so interesting. We hear from people all the time. They call this program and it's like the whole world has changed so dramatically in terms of what our expectations are. It used to be that you walk into someone's office and you would be, I don't know, very impressed, very impressed by this fancy office and this, that, and the other thing. You guys at Facet, you don't have physical offices for your advisors. Is that right? That's correct. And we never did. So the, this is this is pre-pandemic. So I'll give our I'll pat myself on the back jokingly and say, you know, we were we were visionaries and saw the future. 
we actually started Fasten in 2016 with the idea that the world is eventually going to go, I'll say more virtual, more remote. Uh, we didn't, of course, predict a global pandemic. And we said, well, more people are going to want to connect with or interact with their finances in a very different way. Going to, I mean, by the way, I saw this too as a traditional advisor. Clients started asking me 10 years ago, can I just call you? We didn't have, we didn't like, Zoom wasn't really a thing, which is crazy now. It's like, right, geez, right. Like, whatever, AOL dial up kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so we started going, huh, this is interesting. People, we're busy. We have a lot going on. We have kids and families and careers. And we said, there's a better way to deliver the service. So we actually started in 2016 completely remote. We had a small office in Baltimore. We founded the company. All of our financial planners from day one, remote, virtual, you know, video conference, Zoom, very personal interaction, but online using technology. So that was, we had to build our business differently than the traditional wealth management model to make sure we could service our business and our clients properly. Let's also think about this for a second. You've got this model. It basically seems like it's the perfect model for the times that we were about to enter. Now I want to know what actually happened to you. So I know you have this model, you're rocking and rolling. Let's talk about what did happen amid COVID. Now you and I talked, we had you on the radio show, I think. We spoke early in the pandemic era. You know, I know that people were freaking out. Was there was there something about the way that, you know, you guys communicated with your advisors? Because I'm sure that some of these people had never seen anything like, I mean, none of us had seen a once in a generation, once in a hundred year pandemic. You know, the stock market went down so quickly and there was so much, um, I think there's so much anxiety. So was there something that you guys did to kind of talk to your advisors about how to handle that situation or was there some like mantra from on high that how you help them? Well, so so first of all, we're always communicating with our planners. I mean, we are, look, when we built the business model, we didn't just say, how do we service clients in a virtual environment? We actually had to think about, because all, all of our financial planners, by the way, are W2 employees. They don't make commissions. We don't sell product. This is a strictly fiduciary model, flat fee. Our clients pay a subscription fee. So we had to figure out how do we actually find advisors, bring them on board and actually create a really amazing experience for them. So back in the when the pandemic set in what March of 2020, I believe, right, the market was going down. Uh, we communicated, I mean, daily to our financial planners. We ended up doing weekly, I'll say, educational sessions for all of our clients, even prospects around what are we thinking about the markets? What do you need to do from a financial planning perspective? What we actually saw was almost like rocket ship like growth. From 2000, I'll say 16, 2017, when the pandemic kicked in in 2020, um, I mean, we were just named to Inc. 5000, the number two fastest growing private company in the mid-Atlantic. Um, I don't know what that's going to translate to on a national scale, but it was like 2,300% growth over the last two to three years because I think a couple things. Number one, we built the model I think people wanted, number one. Right. It was a better service, lower cost, still human using technology, a better way to interact with your finances. And then number two, the pandemic just accelerated this. So it might have taken us five years to get there. It took us two because of the pandemic and people saying, you know what? Money is very stressful, right? So let's actually go find high quality financial advice where I can trust my advisor. There's no incentive to sell things. Um, and it actually using technology allows you to interact with us on your, on, your, on your cell phone, on your laptop, via video conference, all the ways we'd really ideally want to engage with other areas of our lives. Now you can do that in financial services and still get a dedicated CFP actually pay a subscription fee or fixed fee instead of an assets under management model, just different ways to think about a new and different way of approaching personal finance versus the traditional model that's been around for decades. Small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to rise to the challenge. That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference 
to share advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on odyssey.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. You know, if you think about the pandemic, I presume your business did extraordinarily well during the pandemic. Is there something that you guys learned amid the pandemic that you are now carrying forward in this next, I know we're still sort of in it, but like, let's call it the, the year three next phase. What is it that you guys learned and you're bringing forward? So a couple of things. Number one is we're learning, you know, when we scale this business, what clients really want from us. Number one, they do want ease of use. Like our job is not to create something that you have to, I mean, this is, this is something I learned the other day, right? Almost like 75% of people almost don't understand how to set up their iPhone, right? So part of our job from a financial planning firm, it should be a seamless interactive experience with us online. We can use technology to do that, right? What can technology, this is our evolution. What can technology do that financial planner or that financial planners can do, but it's really not their highest and best use. A lot of that is the data aggregation, linking your accounts, the analysis of your information online, making it easy to engage with, see your budget, your cash flow, your progress towards goals, even schedule with your financial planner directly from an application on your phone. That's like a moment where you think like the, how many gatekeepers you used to have to go through to get that. Oh, it, well, it, it's crazy to think about it, right? I mean, here, here's the ultimate, the, the vision that we had as we started to listen to our clients, like, what are they really looking for? in a relationship, not just with a financial advisor, with their money. I mean, it really is a relationship you have with your money in terms of how money is a tool to help you live well, depending on what that means to you. We ultimately want to be like a home screen application on your smartphone where you log in every single day, like you're checking your Fitbit. I have a whoop strap for tracking my health and my metrics. Because you're a lunatic is why. Yeah, well, right. Way. That's what I do. But I want everybody to be a lunatic about their money because it helps them live well. Not in the way that like you're analyzing your budget every single day, but you go, you know, I understand how money is such a powerful tool in my life to express, shape my identity, the values and beliefs that I have and to live the life I want to live. I want people to be able to seamlessly interact with that on their cell phone, on their laptop, virtually with a, with a dedicated CFP professional and expert to help them navigate all of this with clarity and confidence. But wait a minute, aren't they going to get like a little crazy? Like, are you asking them to now like basically be a little too involved? I mean, isn't part of the issue, like let us do our job or not? Like, tell me why, how you come to that place. Is it because people are doing it anyway? So what the hell? Well, I think so. Let's let's separate two things here. Number one is is sort of planning from investing, right? I think we all know that from an investment perspective, and you've done this for decades and seen that sort of the, the biggest mistake people people make when it comes to investing is is their behavior, right? We react we react to, to markets dropping. And by the way, it's hard. I'm a financial advisor. I still watch the markets drop this year. The Nasdaq down twenty percent, and you go, "Gee, should I be doing something?" So there's investing where you shouldn't be checking it every single day. That's just an unhealthy behavior when it comes to building true long term wealth. From a financial planning perspective, when you think about what people are actually trying to accomplish, like think about your last day, week, month, how many decisions you make every single day that touch money. Okay. It's almost all of them. I would say every life decision is a financial decision. So when you think about how money can you can be used well, it's just everything from budgeting and paying down debt. But how much money are you investing in your personal health, your emo- emotional health, your career growth, your kids' college? All of these things can seamlessly be, seamlessly be tracked online if you want to look at it. We want to make it available to our clients. There are people that will call me every three or six months and say, how are we doing? And there are clients that want to look at it every single day. That's not my job to decide what people want. We're here to provide the services and the tool set that they have available to them so they can check it at their at their leisure. And then ultimately, when they're ready for that check-in with their financial planner, they log on, they click a button on their app, and magically, you know, three days from now, they have a meeting with their CFP. 
and they can talk about the next life milestone, getting married, having a kid, you know, paying for college, retirement, buying your dream home, a new job, starting a small business. These are the reasons why the human element is there, because those life transitions are hard to navigate on your own. And we're here to be a part of that. So I want to also now go into some of the Brent Weiss advice to small business owners, because we have a lot of people listening who are talking about they want to do something different. We just spoke to someone this morning who, you know, she was like, I, I just hate my job. She happens to work in finance, but, you know, not for facet, of course. But, you know, she wanted to make a change. Right. And a lot of we know business formations are up in a huge way. So you're a small business owner who now the business is probably not so small. But can you talk a little bit about how you manage this process of growth of being able to afford technology, use technology? How do you guys, you know, kind of adopt this technology? So the advice I give to even my clients today, because I still represent some clients here at Facet, on the business side, you really have to understand what you want to build. Are you just tired of, of having a, a crappy boss, right? Are you tired of, of the industry? Do you want to try something new and grow and you want to go be an influencer online? I don't care what you want to do. Do you want to be a sole proprietor? Do it by yourself? Do you want to build a small team? Do you want to build a big business, the next Amazon or Alphabet or Google or whatever? All of these things will change how you think about it. But the piece of advice I give to my clients, and this is one thing I've learned in six years, really in my entrepreneurial journey, is that the best way to learn is incrementally, you're going to fail. Don't go out there and think, I'm going to make the big investment because I know the future. What you're going to find is you don't actually know where you're going to go. It's about small steps, failure, learning from it. Not taking too big of financial risks, you can recover from all of it, keep playing the game and growing and learning over time. Sometimes it's starting as a side hustle or a side gig and a part-time job until you're ready to launch full-time. Sometimes if you're in the situation or you're in a good financial situation personally, you can just say, screw it, I'm out, I'm going to go start my business. There's always an in-between that works for everybody. So understand your situation, your personal situation, know what you want to build and have a plan for it. Brent, now that we've learned that so many huge firms, whether it's Vanguard or it's Schwab or Fidelity, that they're getting into hybrid models, creating uh, some competition for you. How do you go up against those folks? They're huge. I actually think it's our advantage to be smaller and more nimble, right? The biggest challenge you have when you have a bigger organization is it's hard to make decisions. It's hard to change, right? When you have a, a Vanguard or Schwab or Fidelity, you have this entrenched way of thinking these entrenched uh, business models, right? how they make their money, their revenue models are different. Cannibalizing a very successful business model is very hard. For us, we're creating something new. So I actually see our, relative to the size of the incumbents in the industry, I see our lack of size, but our growth as actually an advantage because we can be nimble, we can adapt, we can accelerate, we can actually create new things, change our business model, the way we price, the way we provide services. That I believe is actually going to be an advantage for us, not a disadvantage when it comes to Obviously, going up against the incumbents, not people I call, I think, of competition because we focus on what we're building, not what the competition is doing. But I think it's a good thing for us longer term. Before we go, I know that during the pandemic, you did a lot of events um, that were online events for your clients or, um, you know, maybe even for prospective clients. Are you going to continue that in this new era of uh, year three of COVID? No, absolutely. I mean, what, one of the things we found is so, so first of all, back in March, 2020, right, the market was not doing what we wanted to do. It was dropping precipitously 12% a day, I think is actually what was happening. We did weekly educational sessions for our clients to make sure that they, they understand what's going on, how we're thinking about portfolios, that they can ask questions. Once that, once the market rebounded, we actually kept doing that weekly. I mean, I created 52 educational sessions that month. We went to about a monthly thing. Now we're actually evolving to more of a podcast style in the sense that, I mean, just last week, we have an example. 
I had a realtor join me from Atlanta and we did a home tour. We talked about rising interest rates. We talked about home prices, did a virtual tour of a home, more interactive and engaging things for our clients. I think that's critically important. And of course, now this is kind of crazy. Now we're starting to do TikTok videos for our clients, short 60 second videos. It drives like, this is crazy that we're doing this. It's it's a constant evolution of the content, the snackable content that our, that our clients are asking for. It's different, it's unique, and it's providing a lot of value. Well, thanks so much for listening to this bonus pod. Uh, we are dropping a couple more tomorrow, so stay tuned. Your feed is going to get a little clunky over the next day or so. If you have a financial question, just go to our website, jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Of course, let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Don't forget to put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 